Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett. Today's guest is Genesis Amaris Kemp, and she's a creative content writer, an author, self-development advocate, visionary, inclusion, and diversity enthusiast, a firecracker, and a force to be reckoned with. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Thank you so much for having me, Jeanette. It's an honor to be here with you. It's my honor to talk to the firecracker because you have been setting the world on fire with over 500 podcasts being published and being on the circuit speaking. You are definitely a force to be reckoned with. So I'd love to dig in and find out where all of this energy is coming from. So tell me a little bit about your story. How did you get started in this space and what keeps you going? Ooh, okay. So where should I start? Let me start here with what I like to say. It is my business card in a sense. So this book is what jump started the podcast journey. So Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the Pit to the Power. And I wrote that book in May of 2020 after just being tired of the frustration that I was feeling in corporate America. I spent 12 years in oil and gas and energy, so a very male-dominated feel. That was whenever I really got exposure to racism because I didn't really experience racism growing up. I live in a very diverse area and just going to school was pretty cool. Sometimes I was the only Black person or African-American, but I had friends that were very receptive to me that whenever I started working with different type of people and I was the only one on my team that looked like me and I saw that the grass wasn't always greener or the playing field wasn't always leveled. And I was like, why am I constantly having to work twice as hard to be seen and heard? I'm saying these ideas in the meeting, but then I'm not getting any credit. And then the minute the male says anything who is Caucasian or non-melanated, it's like, good job, confident or whatnot. But then when I try to reiterate my fact, it's, oh, you're being aggressive or angry Black woman or other forms of microaggression. And I'm like, if you take away our anatomy and you look at us on paper, just a blank sheet of paper without putting a race to it or any gender, we have the same credentials. So why am I not being given the same respect? So just one day during performance review, I just had it up to here, y'all. And my supervisor, her name was Karen at the time. I didn't know anything about, oh, that's a Karen moment. Her and I were having some exchange of words. I would say respectfully disagree. And I just pulled out my phone in the middle of the review. And I just wrote down chocolate drop in corporate America. I was mentally checked out, Jeanette. And I had no idea that writing that down 
was going to turn into a full-blown book. And it wasn't until I went to a woman's group at this church where I met another author. And at first I didn't know she was an author, but I was like, oh my gosh, her life is so cool. Like she had this time, she could go to the restaurants during the day, do all this. I was like, what type of job is she working on that gives her this much freedom? So then not that I was stalking her y'all because I'm not a stalker, but I was like, okay, let me just scroll and hope. So I was like SNH and scrolling and hoping. And then one day I just reached out to her like just randomly via text. I guess it was like my gut instincts and intuition. And I was like, hey, Tyra, I was just really impressed by meeting you at the church. Are you open to meeting me for coffee? She's like, yeah, sure. And so we met at Starbucks and then um, that's when I started asking her questions. So what is it that you do? And she told me she was an author. She was a mother. Then she was getting ready to embark upon the journey of being a foster mother too, since her kids were older. And I said, oh, that's really cool. And then she was telling me about this publisher that she was working with and the difference between having one of her books being published through a publishing house versus her other book being self-published. I was like, it was just so interesting. So I was like a kid at the candy store, just eating up all this information. And then I was like, oh, I write too. And she's like, oh, really? What do you write? Do you have any pieces? And I was like, do I? So I like whipped out my phone and I have a bunch of notes in this note apps where I just write because it's very therapeutic. So I was sharing them with her and she was like, and you know what? This is very good. She's like, I could hear your tonality in the writing. I could visualize it. I guess she's like critiquing it. So she's like, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I just bust out laughing. And I'm like, no. And she's like, no, your work is really good. You should think about about writing a book. I was like, first of all, I don't even own a laptop right now. The only thing I do is write on my phone outside of my company issued laptop. And you don't want to mix personal information with proprietary stuff. You never want to do that. So I was like, okay. So then we finished our meeting or whatnot. Then randomly, I think it was like two days after that meeting, Jeanette, and I'm a believer and I believe God puts different people in your path for various reasons and seasons. So she's like, hey, I want you to enter this competition. And I looked at the deadline. It was like 11.59. That's today. And it said the competition ended at 11.59, the same day that she sent me a text. And remember what I told you, Jeanette, that I only had that line, chocolate drop at corporate America written. So nothing else. So I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to enter? And she's oh, you should enter that piece, chocolate drop. I was like, what piece? And she's oh, there's a story there. You just haven't written it yet, but you can get it done. I believe in you. So I just added a few more things to just meet the bare minimum. And I won was the birthing of the book. And that's how the book was formed. And here it is, two editions in. The second edition has the 2020 information in there where I talked about speaking in the vice president's meeting. It was bold. Some people say ballsy. And one week later, I got a $20,000 salary increase and they bumped my classification level up from a 15 to a 22. And so when that happened, my mission was to go on as many podcasts as I can to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Because I was like, it's not just about Genesis and Mars camp, but I think about my nieces and my nephews, the future generations. I think about the other men and women that look like me that may not be afforded the opportunity to work at a fortune 500 and if I could talk about my truths if I could talk about how I managed to navigate my corporate career without bending or breaking at the easement of others 
then that's what I'm going to do. Because sometimes people go through life experiences and you wonder why. But if you look at it and get a new perspective and say, it's not happening to me, but it's happening for me, then it'll put you ahead. And so when I first started, my goal was to do 29 shows. And I just literally pulled the number out my behind. I was like, oh, I'm going to be 29. I want to do 29 shows. And then when I hit 30, and when I hit 30, I was like, oh, man, I already beat my number. Let's just keep on going. I was like, I'm feeling hot. So I just kept on going. And the rest is history. That's amazing. Let me ask you this question, though. When you wrote the book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, how long did you stay with that company? So I stayed there up until February 2021, until they actually pushed me out the door due to a layoff. And the reason why I stayed there was I was like, I want to make sure that I get everything that was due to me. Because hindsight 2020, out of all the oil and gas companies, that was the only company that was offering a pension and a 4K. And for those of you listening, I am a millennial, but there's no Pensions are obsolete. There's not a lot of companies that are offering pension and pension is free money that the company is giving you. So you would be a fool to leave that on the table. So I was like, I'm going to secure the bag any way I can. Very good for you. Good decision. So February, 2021, in the midst of everything that's going on globally, okay, Mm -hmm. you decide, it was somewhat decided for you. How did you take advantage of that moment in terms of the layoff? Ooh, so I was a little crabby and salty because when I found out that I I was going to be laid off. It was actually on December 1st, which was one week after my dad had passed away. So I thought it was like very insensitive that I got a phone call on December 1st. And I thought it was like a phone call to just check in on how I was doing, but I got the phone call. You're actually going to be laid off. So then I was like, okay, all right click. And I just hung up. Then I get a call from Singapore, which was my boss's boss. I'm like, oh gosh. And I was like, yes. And they're like, oh, Karen said you you took the news very well. How are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine as best as I can be doing. Trying to plan my dad's funeral. And I was like, what else am I supposed to say in that? Like my bread and butter is gone. That's going to shift my family dynamics. I'm going to go from two incomes, my husband and I to one income. I was like, and you're asking me, how am I doing in the middle of a global pandemic where the world has got turned upside down? Then to top it all off, you know what the cherry on top was, Jeanette? What? My husband, his industry shuts down because my husband was a chef at the time. So can you imagine no income? And I'm like, what are we going to do? And I say, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And I know that sounds crazy because people are like, you're going to pray to an invisible God or something. And I just said, you know what? I know that God will never put more on me than we can bear. I know that we're going to make it through. And if my dad was here, he would just say, baby, pray. Everything's going to be all right. Because my dad was very optimistic, very religious and spiritual. And that's what we did. Our lights never got turned off. Our water always worked. And there was people that were blessing us. People would come by, drop off meals. We would get gift cards, just random things. Sometimes when you put God first, he works on the rest. And then I was able to get unemployment, which it was my first time applying for unemployment. But I didn't even get it that long. I was like, oh my gosh, all those years I put my money into the system. And I was so confused, Jeanette, because I was like, sweetheart, can you come here and check my math? I'm sure I'm doing this right. And I was like, where's my salary? I thought when you go on unemployment, you get your salary, like what you were making. He said, no, sweetheart, you don't get that. I said, what? Are you sure? So then I'm calling my old boss who her and I are really cool. We're still friends. And she actually used to work at the same company, but she left. Hey, have you ever been unemployed? And she's like a long time ago. Why? I was like, 
aren't they supposed to give you your money? And she's like, no, sweetheart. And I'm like, what? There would be no incentive for you to go back to work if they gave you your salary, the same amount of money. So that's why they don't do that. What would be the incentive to go back to work? But I was so lost like a box of rocks, Jeanette, because I thought when you hear the media, they were saying the servers were making more on unemployment. That's why some of them weren't returning back to the industry, especially when things open back up. So, okay, if they're making more money unemployed, where is my money? I was like, I worked so hard for this country. But hindsight 2020, it's like you live and you learn. And I think going through those experiences has made me a better woman. I'm more disciplined. You don't take things for granted. And whenever you are being tested, the test is always going to produce a testimony, just like the mess is going to curate a message. Yeah, but I'm still curious about the purpose of the call that you got from Singapore. Yeah. Me too. I guess they thought that I was going to take it in a different manner. I would never know. But I was like, if I already got the news from one person and you heard that I took the news very well, then why are you shocked? Did you want me to wail and flap my hands up or say something that was off script or what? I didn't really understand it. And I really believe that sometimes people do things just to be facetious. That was very curious to me as to why you got a phone call like that. Yeah, that would annoy me for sure, because there's no purpose in it unless he's going to offer you something. Yeah. And it's funny when they sent flowers to my house as a condolence. I worked in that organization for seven and a half years. They couldn't even spell my name correctly. It was misspelled. I do believe the message in that is that the layoff was a blessing. And the reason why I say that is because they may not have had your best interests to begin with. That really annoys the hell out of me, to be quite frank. (laughs) Yeah, I was mad for a hot second, but I was like, being mad is not going to help me through it. But what is going to help me is to show all the critics, the haters, and the naysayers how I came out on the other side unscathed. Yeah, to be resilient is the ultimate payoff. To be able to rebound from a situation like that, and you have victoriously, this is a beautiful thing. Well, you've done so much in a short period of time that it's hard to actually wrap my mind around everything that you've been doing. So you always knew that you had this talent of being a writer. So now you've got this book. What's the purpose of the second edition? What would be different? So the second edition, the purpose of it was to really talk about 2020 and what happened to me at work, because that was a pivotal time for our nation. The Black Lives Matter movement came out around that time. A lot of people, no matter what your socioeconomic status was, were going through different turmoils. A lot of people were either laid off, furloughed, or they were just faced with the unknowns, whether it's both spouses not working like what my husband and I went through, or one spouse not working, but then the other spouse was a homemaker. So it's no one is working. And then with so many people's lives that were innocently taken, not really getting ahead of the curve, or in my father's case, just facing medical negligence, and not really understanding how can you walk into the hospital and then three days later, you're paralyzed from the waist down. There's so many unknowns I had there. 
So I called it 2020 far from perfect vision, but a slap of reality. Because when you think about 2020, that shows that you have perfect vision. But whenever that vision is altered and skewed, you don't have that perfect vision. So you need corrective lenses or you need some form of apparatus to really help you bring things into clarity and focus. So that's why I called it, but a slap of reality. And I talked about the things that happened to me at work. I talked about really coming into my voice and taking ownership. And you take ownership whenever you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when you feel like enough is enough, then you let your inner lion or lioness roar because your voice matters just as much as somebody else, no matter where you came from, no matter how you look, no matter what organization you're in, we've all deserved a right to be where we are. No matter if we got there in a way that was non-traditional, like my career path has always been non-traditional, or if it was a traditional route, how you got there and how you maintain is a part of your brand identity and your brand messaging. So I wanted to just package that up in a real and raw way and just put that onto the book because at the end of the first edition, there were some things that I left unknown, like cliffhangers, because I was still going through my journey and people were like, hey, what happens next? I was like, I'll let you know when I figure it out. And so just to give my readers justice, this was a not favorable outcome because of how it happened. But now looking back, I do see how God favored me in the midst of it all. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing the backdrop. I'm always interested in the backstory. So you've given us a view of all of that. I wanted to switch gears a bit and talk about purpose versus passion. Because we hear a lot about follow your passion and find your passion and things of that nature as it relates to entrepreneurism or just life in general. What's your view of that? So I think when a purpose is something that is rooted in your DNA, it's what you were born to do. Passion is something that you're talented in and you could keep on owning your craft and improving your craft. But whenever I really break down the two, I was like, My passion could be writing, my passion could be singing, but I'm not going to be like a singer on American Idol or You Got Talent or whatnot, or I'm not going to get paid for that singing ability. My purpose could be, okay, this is my core values and this is how I'm going to show up in the world because this is what God has put inside of me and I need to bring it to the scene and it needs to be ignited. But everything, whenever you think about your purpose, everything is going to go smoothly. There's not going to be any bumps in the road because you're the one person that can bring that to life and fruition. So when I think about what is Genesis purpose, I think my purpose is to be a world changer. My purpose is to be unapologetically me. My purpose is to let my Caribbean and South American background and ancestors know that what you did was not in vain because I'm now here to carry the torch and I'm going to do it unapologetically. When I think about my purpose, I think about the end goal in mind and I reverse engineer it so I could take actions to get there. So that's how I really think about my purpose. And every time I feel like I'm being tugged or pulled in a different direction, I take a step back to reflect to see, okay, is this what God is calling me to do? Is this in alignment with my purpose or is it in alignment with my passion where I'm just going to be doing it? for a season, not a lifetime, because there's a difference between seasons and lifetime. And you have to know how to rate the two because you don't want to get stuck in a season longer than you're supposed to be there. 
That's very interesting. I've never heard it put that way. So let's dig into that just a little bit more. I'm, I'm very intrigued by that because I, of course, I've heard people come into your life for a reason or a season or a lifetime. But as it relates to what you're talking about in terms of your chapters and your experience, let's talk about things perhaps evolving in your life for a reason versus a season. We start doing something And we think that's going to be our life calling. How do you recognize that it might be a season? What are some of the things that you think? I'll start with the recent season. So transitioning out of oil and gas and energy, there will be subtle clues that will preempt you that it's time to make a shift. Whenever, for example, sometimes when I would pull up in the parking garage at work, I would just feel like a pit in my stomach or like a hay, or I just really felt like the need to not want to be there, but I knew it was my source. And when I say my source, it was the bread and butter. And it wasn't just me, but it was my parents who are were at the home with us. So I can't necessarily leave this without having an exit plan. But I knew that something was prompting me that there was more that needed to be done. But sometimes you get complacent and you get comfortable and you get stuck in this comfort zone because it's easy and you could do it with your eyes closed or in your sleep. So that was a way that my body was like trying to tell me that, okay, maybe you should do something else. The second thing that I experienced was one day at work, I felt really tight chest pains. And this was before I hit 30. It was just like so tight. Imagine like your hand being open and all of a sudden just closes like that restriction feeling. And at the time I was like, I didn't want to call an ambulance, but I just told my boss, I got to go. I got to go to a doctor. And this is crazy. I drove over 50 miles one way to get home because I was going to have my dad take me to the emergency room. And I'm on the phone with the doctor. And like, you need to get to the ER. You need to get to the, I was like, oh no, I've already driven 50 miles. I can make it. Like I'm Caribbean. I can make it. So I get to home and then my dad's, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll drive. So I get to the emergency room. They're telling me, open your shirt. And I'm like, what is going on? Then they're putting like the little stickers on to do the EG. And then whenever they were done with that, you, they're like, oh, you have some mild palpitations. It looks a little abnormal, but you're very young. We're just going to refer you to a cardiologist. I'm like a cardiologist. So then fast forwarding, I get to a cardiologist and Jeanette, I was the youngest person. And I looked around and I was like, you might see all the silvers in here. I'm the young ones. And I was like, oh no. And I was going through so much stress that I didn't really feel like I was going through stress, but that was my body's internal alarm system warning me. If you keep going down this path, you are going to end up with maybe a heart attack or a stroke. God forbid. I'm so thankful that happened to me because then I learned I need to minimize my stress. What can I do? So I started getting back in the gym. So that was my way. Instead of bringing my stress home, because my husband had already told me it was getting involved in our relationship. He's like, our house is a place of peace. It's our sanctuary. I don't want to hear about what happened at work. Leave work at work because at home is our happy place. It's for us to be together and really cultivate our family. I was like, if I can't talk to my husband, who can I talk to? And so I was like, okay, I need to do something else. I was like, okay, I'm just going to start training, just getting my body in shape. And that was helping me. So that's another way that your body is telling you. And you have to listen to those subtle clues, those warnings, or if you start to see they're acting a little funny at work, or your money's getting a little funny, 
or just something is not fitting, that's when you know it's time for your season to shift. And don't be alarmed when your season is shifted. Just see it as it's a new period for new grace and mercy to come in. And if the pathway has already occurred that way, just be optimistic that even though you may go through a breakthrough, you're going to make it through. And that's why the word is breakthrough. Even though you're going through the pressures, diamonds are made in the pressures. Beautiful gems are made in the pressures. You would never get the beauty without going through the pressure. So that's an inclination that your season is terminating and you're coming into something new. Or for those who may be listening that are biblical, think about never in the Bible, the story of walking around the wall seven times. And seven was the number of completion. So sometimes you have to do things in repetition in order for things to be completed for those walls to come down. Answer your questions. Yeah. And then some, and every other question anybody might've had. In essence, what I'm saying is that when you have wisdom and you are in the presence of wisdom, and I feel like I'm in the presence of wisdom right now. So I'm giving you your props on that because you're extremely clear. You've got the clarity. It's an uncommon clarity and vision for your life. And I think that's remarkable. I appreciate you sharing because I know that there's a lot of gems, which now I understand why your podcast is called Gems. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. So where you are right now, and you're embarking on another chapter in your life, another season with your baby on the way. And I'm sure that that's a different dynamic for you and your family. Do you have any other siblings? I do. So we're a blended family and I'm the youngest. So I have two older brothers and two older sisters. Okay. And is this addition going to be a new addition or are there other children in your family from your siblings? Yes. My siblings have other kids. So I have nieces and nephews. So this is a new addition and we call it the sunshine period because after the, I'll just add this really quick to make just context here. So we lost my dad in November of 2020. We lost my grandmother, August of 2020. And then after we got back from the Caribbean in January this year, we got a phone call that my mom's mom passed. So we lost my other grandmother. So if you look at it, I had four significant losses, three being loved ones, and then one being a job loss within a year and a half. That's a lot. It's a lot. And here you are and you are still standing. Yep. Still standing, still smiling, still beaming from the inside out. It's a beautiful thing. So it's like sunshine. Looking at you is like sunshine. So as you are now positioned, I always ask this question, what's next for you? Oh, so what's next for me? Just really coming into motherhood and bonding with my baby and just seeing what that chapter looks like. Cause you know, this is going to be hard for me to say, like whenever I think about my daughter being born, I think about how my dad was there for my other nieces and nephews and he would never be here for my daughter. And I was telling my husband, well, I can't be selfish, but I need to be selfless because if he were here, he always spent time with each kid. And he and my mom on Fridays, they would go to my brother's house and spend time with his two kids. Or if my sister wanted to do something, she would just bring her kids over. So I was like, even though he's not here in the present, I know he's smiling down and he'll be the guardian angel. And that's a real thing. That is a real thing right there. That's why I fight as hard as I do now, because I know the pain that it has caused me and my family. And the fact that I'm coming into motherhood and not having that support 
It's hard. I can only imagine. And if there could be a silver lining, is that this new ray of shine will help you and your husband and your family to focus on the good things that are happening and look forward to that. Because in children, you get to live life through a different manner. And that kind of brings a different element into focus. So it's a healing in a different type of way. When you're grateful for what you actually do have in life, I feel your pain and I see it. And I'm so sorry that you and your family have had to go through that. I really am. It all will end well. It will end well for you. You've been doing so much. You retrofitted so many things into this 36 months that you've had after the corporate experience. And I can only give you your kudos for the the trailblazer that you have been and are. You know what, Genesis, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story with me and the listeners. And I know that they're going to get a lot out of it. So thank you so much for giving us a bit of your day and time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I didn't expect to cry, but cries are a sign of healing, not a sign of weakness. And sometimes you just have to let it out. And just talking about my dad sometimes just gets me a little choked up because it is still very fresh to me. Understood, completely understood. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.